new drive with Goodman and Fry. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at T. Fry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Terry, can I vent about something just for a second? Be my guest. You are a longtime media guy, as am I. I've been doing this for over 30 years, and you've been doing this probably close to 40-plus years. Is that right? Yes. More than that. Okay. Um Social media is a great thing, specifically Twitter, in order to get information. But I'll tell you one thing that really bothers me is when somebody reports a story and somebody you know is credible, somebody decides, well, shoot, I got beat on the story. So what I'm going to put out on social media is I can confirm this happens. Yes. (laughs) I got news for you. Nobody gives a damn about your confirmation. What you should write is. Well, you know, you should write what you know. Right. Well, here's the thing. Let me finish real quick. What you're saying in that social media post is by saying I can confirm that that tweet is for a one person audience. And that one person is your boss. And you're saying to your boss. I, 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 I did my research on this and this is true. The truth is what you should write is, and you should shelve your ego and say, this is the person who reported it first and they beat me on the story because you wanted it first and you didn't get it. And you're not willing to give that person credit and shame on you. Don't try to impress your boss. Don't try to impress your followers. You got beat. Everybody gets beat. Suck it up, man up. Eric, I agree with most of that, but what really bothers me, and I, I don't think you'll necessarily agree with this, is I, I, don't. I, I don't really care who beat somebody by 14 seconds on something that was going to be announced a little bit later or uh, or thrown out as, as a reality. Uh, it really does. I don't think that's necessarily unearthing, or, or it, that's not the Pentagon Papers. That's not disclosing the... Uh, location of nuclear missiles in Europe. It, it, I don't really care. It isn't that big a deal to me whether you had it out 14, whether you had it out about a minute and a half before the avalanche announced it. But what you're saying to your followers is this. Hey, I've got sources too that can confirm it. How about this show? Sure. Puckpedia was the one who kind of broke the story on the Chushkin other than Pierre Lebrun. Pierre Lebrun who's uh, the most credible one in the business, but they, they have laid out and it's just, they've done a terrific job Palpedia, of laying out the details of Dechushkin's contract. It's full of, of signing bonus base, base salaries. And so it really isn't as simple. It really isn't quite as simple as saying eight years, 49 million. And, th- and that's fine. And that's totally fine. And I'm not going to mention this person by name. Okay. Cause I think that, I think that's wrong. Um, that the, the, the person who I'm referring to put something out there, put it out, um, I don't know, five, 10 minutes after the initial report. And so they got beat. And so what? It doesn't matter to me that you can confirm it. You're trying to draw attention to yourself 
by saying, I have sources that can confirm somebody else's report. How come people are so, what's the word I'm looking for? How come people are so insecure? Because that's the world we live in. And there's so much pressure on you to break stories, quote unquote, to have hot takes, to do it all. And break it. Then break it. And if you if you get beat, so be it. But but don't give me a confirmation on a story that's already coming from somebody credible. Okay, you beat it. Move on. Go get the next story. Pierre, Pierre LeBron, uh, as near as I can tell, broke the story. But it had changed the world the world's course of events that he had a story about a hockey player signing a contract or agreeing to a contract, and then the Avalanche announced. Did it change the course of the world? Was that was that just uh, unearthing reporting that changed the world? No, it isn't. It, it just it just bothers me when people can't say, you know what, I got beats. That's it. Move on. You don't need to confirm it. You don't have to tell me that you have a source that was able to confirm it. You got beat. Move on. That's it. Go okay. get the next story. That's fine. Totally okay. fine. All right. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino and Blackhawk. Okay, so here's the big news of the day coming out of the Avalanche organization. Uh, Avs Val Nachuchkin have agreed on an eight-year deal, $49 million, averages out to roughly $6.1 million per season. The 27-year-old coming off a career year in goals, assists, and points. And Terry, as you and I talked about at the top of the show, uh, saying it was a career year is an understatement. He shattered pretty much everything that he did previously in his career as an NHL player. Major contributor to the playoffs. But his deal is going to end when he's 35. And I got to tell you, the length of the deal was absolutely breathtaking. It takes him through 2029-2030. And that's astounding. But it also, that eighth year is a $2.8 million base, is only a $2.8 million base with a $2 million signing bonus. So it's really not as onerous necessarily. Although the cap hit is is that six $6 million a year. Right. But at the end of the day, in eight years, having a $6 million contract is going to probably not going to be considered very high anyway. Well, how's the contract going to look in 2026 or 2027 and beyond? That's, that's going to be the true test of the deal. No, I agree. And if he continues to play, and listen, Nichushkin was clearly a beneficiary of playing with McKinnon, Randon, Landeskog, Kadri, any combination of the bunch. Well, he was an inexhaustible uh, absolutely relentless four checker there are film there are there are videos of that floating around with it just where your mouth drops and saying he's he was so relentless there that that's where that's where he earned his money was being the relentless physical presence up front and you know and i i'll admit this too i thought at the start of the year that they were making a serious mistake fooling around with breaking up the top line of ranton and let ran and landis gog and mckinnon and I, they they proved to be right to do that, and in part because Valerina Chushkin was such a relentless forechecker. See, that's what I love about doing the show with you. Uh, you you'll admit when you're wrong, and I kind of tell you we haven't been doing the show that long, and the Avs are, are really a, a team you've covered longer than anybody, and you've been wrong a lot. So I really <laughs> appreciate all of your you know humility in saying I was wrong about breaking up that line. I was wrong about starting Kemper. I was wrong about uh, playing Kadri. I was wrong about uh, Edmonton uh, winning two games at home. I mean, (laughs) at least, at least you're consistent. Well, I'm trying to figure out if you're, if you're belittling me or praising me, I will, I will have an opinion and I will tell you what I think. And that's what I thought at the time. And I I will, I will never ever tell you, Oh, I was just trying to stir it up. 
I, that's what I thought at the time. Our listeners can be can be assured of that, and I think people who followed my journalism career over the years can be assured of that. I'm not afraid. To, I'm not afraid to take a stand and say what I think, and I'm not afraid right. to admit when I was wrong. And see, that's the thing. That's what I respect about your work because I'm wrong plenty. Well, yes, plenty. And I will say that I was wrong about. I'll, I'll give you one big thing that I was wrong about. I didn't think Josh Allen would be much of a quarterback. I didn't either. I'll be the first. Why are we even doing a show? I mean, I appreciate (laughs) you owning up, but are you right about anything? Uh, Tom Brady was a brilliant choice in the sixth round. Yes, he was a fantastic, because he was cost effective as much as anything else. Um, Now that we know Nachushkin's in the fold, the Avalanche, I believe their salary cap or their payroll now has about 15 million left in terms of for Sackick and now McFarlane, the new general manager to spend. We know they're going to renegotiate for Nathan McKinnon, but that deal will not kick in until after next season. But they have, they have to budget for that at least though. There's no question. And and I, I know I'm not saying they're going to go all the way down to zero, but then again, when Eric Johnson is done after this upcoming season, they instantly free up 6 million. And I'll be honest, I've not looked at their payroll structure to know what they have coming up, you know, after this upcoming season, although I could probably find out for you and let let you know what they have coming up, but where else do you think they will spend it? I think they're going to, they're going to take one last shot at Kadri and Manson. And I think Burakovsky is gone. Yeah. Now that they have Nachuchkin back and Lekkonen is going to be coming back, you needed to bring back of those forwards. You needed to bring back, you need to bring back two of the four. When I say two of the four, I'm referring to Kadri Nachushkin, Lekkonen, which is easy because he's restricted, and Burakovsky. I, I think that'll be mission accomplished. And if they can get Burakovsky or Kadri done, I think that's a bonus. I do too. I think the Kadri is the big one in my mind, though. Who's that? Kadri is the big one in my mind. I know he's been bid farewell by most people. I'm sitting here saying I would still hold out hope he can he will come back. Well, if he does come back, they're looking at seven million left. Mm-hmm. Because he's gonna he's gonna get about eight, right? Yeah, he will. He won't that? get as much as he won't get as much as Ranton, and he won't get as much as much as sure. as uh, as McKinnon's extension. And he shouldn't. No. So knowing that you have a McKinnon deal coming up, and again, I can look it up to see what they have coming up after this upcoming season. We know Eric Johnson's contract is going to be off the books. But do you want to take Kadri, give him eight million a season over, say, the next four years, whatever? He's thirty-two, isn't he? Yeah, and the other thing you can do is overpay him a little bit with a with an extra year. That's kind of what they did. And, and I'm not saying this is the same case, but Jerome McGinley signed a contract to come here, and he had a really good first year, and then tailed off. I think in this case, uh, he he's older than Kadri is, but it could be kind of the deal. Well. Okay, we'll add one more year, or we'll add. I think we'll add two I, more years. That's the chance they have of signing. Uh, you, I think you'll disagree with me, and I know we need to hit a break. I, th- I I'm not going to make it into hyperbole and say it's the worst ever because it's not. But I would say that the Jerome McGinley signing is one of the most disappointing signings since I've been covering the Avalanche, and I'll, and, I, and I'm not saying it for the obvious reason, which is production. When Jerome McGinley came here, you know this as well as anyone, 
he was considered to be arguably the best leader in hockey. Is that fair to say? Yes. And I think he was the best leader in hockey. And you're going to tell me you disagree with it. He did kind of stand aside and let the, the leaders. No, on no, 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 no. He was no, Terry, let me finish. He was, he was, he was arguably the greatest leader in hockey when he came to the ass. Yes. But he fell way short once he put on an ab sweater. That's true. He he had one good year. He had one out of the out I'm of the I'm not game. talking about production. I'm talking about leading a team, and he didn't do a very good job of it. Well, I think he clearly felt as if it was not his team. Somebody needed to tell him uh, you need. I would have made him captain on the spot almost, I, and I realize that would have been a slap in the face of Gabriel Landeskog, but it would have been a way to acknowledge his his leadership function. Right. All right. Coming up after the break, ESPN's Jeremy Fowler has done a terrific uh, bit of research surveying executives, coaches, scouts, and players, top 10 players in every position group in the NFL. In three of them, there are Broncos on the list. Who are they? Where are they? Should they be there? Are they too high? Are they too low? And with other position groups coming out, should any Broncos be on those lists? We'll talk about all of that next. Did I can be? I'm the one at the sale. I'm the master of my CEO. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, I want to tell you about Windfall Brewing Company in the Orchard Town Center. I absolutely love going there because it's like a three-ring circus. There's so much going on. They are a brewery, Windfall Brewing Company, 17 craft brews on tap. I've had more than a few, and they are really, really good. Their menu, though, is what really separates them. There is bar food. You're thinking, oh, it's a brewing company, probably bar food. No. Their executive chef used to be the sous chef at Shanahan's. That's how good their menu is. That's all I should really need to say. Everything on that menu is dynamite. Now, if you want to take the kids there and you're thinking, why would I want to take my kids to a place that has really great food? Although, you know, most kids just like, you know, chicken fingers, although those are actually pretty good. And all they want is grilled cheese and they do have grilled cheese bites with the tomato soup. Your kids are going to love the fact that they have 23 pinball machines, Pac-Man, Golden Tee, all kinds of arcade games. By the way, it's a four-ring circus because in the summertime, they have live music on Saturdays from 6 to 8 right outside their patio. Windfall Brewing Company is fantastic. Go check them out in the Orchard Town Center in Westminster. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. Want to get to this ESPN story about uh, top 10 players at each position in the NFL, but I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, point this out. Patrick Saunders, who covers the uh, Rockies for the Denver Post, is reporting that there's growing belief inside the Rockies organization that Daniel Bod is going to wind up making the all-star team. And what a story that would be, is he is having a terrific season. 
Yes, he is. Uh, it'd be nice if they have more than one representative, especially have a hardening story during the dog days of summer. Right. CJ C. 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 Crone has been fantastic. He deserves to be at the All-Star Game. Terrific pickup by the Rockies for Bard. Well, let's just put it this way. He will represent the Rockies at the All-Star Game if he gets invited, and then he'll be pitching for another team in September. No question. Let's just call it like it is. Right. Okay. With that, we've teased it a couple of times. ESPN's Jeremy Fowler surveyed NFL executives, coaches, scouts, and players by the top 10 players in every position. Russell Wilson in the quarterback uh, category, number eight overall. Justin Simmons in the safety category, number one. Pat Sertan, coming off his rookie season, was ranked seventh. Which of those rankings surprises you the most? Can we acknowledge that Jeremy Fowler probably surveyed sources who these people, these football people who who researched it and have it much greater knowledge than we do? So I, I'm not going to sit here and say, boy, is that wrong? Except I will say I, no. my eyes did open a little bit with Justin Simmons at number one. I, that would, that Just- would require him jumping over Kevin Byard and Antoine Winfield, for example. Well, Justin Simmons is the best center fielder in the age of passing at the safety position. Because remember, there are two types of safeties. Yeah. There are your hard-hitting safeties, and then there are your rover center fielders. And I don't think there's anybody better in the game playing the free safety position than Justin Simmons. But generally speaking, when we look at Hall of Fame safeties, we are not talking about free safeties. We're talking about strong safeties, right? The guys come up and make the play. Right. So you look at your Brian Dawkins, your Steve Atwaters, your John Lynch's, your Ronnie Lotts, the guys you remember when they tattoo somebody going over the middle, not the guy who freelances like a Justin Simmons. Well, it's almost as if they should have categorized into two different groups of safeties. Right. But I don't have a problem with Simmons being number one if you're talking about a guy who essentially is the quarterback of your defense. I know it's going to be Josie Jewell. I get that. But the quarterback of your defensive backfield. Uh, Pat Sertan, I think, honestly, I think it's a higher compliment for Sertan to be seven than Simmons to be one. Well, I think I think Sertan is an acknowledgement that he's he's shooting up that list with, as we used to say, with a bullet. That he's uh, he's going to be at the top pretty quickly. And by the way, I, I'd be remiss, and I know I seem to be on a rant about some people in the, in the Denver media. Can we please stop it? That Pat Sertan is still a mistake as the Broncos' top pick. Are people saying last that? year? Yeah. Who's saying yeah. that? And I don't mean the specific. I'm not going to sit. And I just get mean the, the type the type of media. You TV. know what? You know what? Take the loss on your way out the door. <laughs> Sertan is an all-pro talent, and if they would have just drafted your boy, Justin Fields, they wouldn't have Russell Wilson. I think George Payton got it right. So just stop it. You are embarrassing yourself. You are embarrassing yourself. Okay. Seriously. Point acknowledged. With that, Russell Wilson is at eight. Would you put him higher or is he where he should be? And I will 
tell you the list in order if you don't have it in front of you. Well, Rodgers is one. Mahomes is two. Allen is three. Brady is four. Is it fair to say we can just skip by that, that whatever order you want, those are the top four quarterbacks in the league? Well, yes. And I'll, I'll just tell you where I have. I have Russell Wilson 10th. Okay. Um, I would put Russell Wilson higher. Um, I would put him as high as fifth. And here's the reason why I love Joe Burrow. I do. That guy's a gamer. I've got him sixth, right? I think Joe Burrow's a gamer and he's a terrific player. But if I need, if I want a guy for an entire season, Russell Wilson is in his prime. At, Joe Burrow at, at and 33 I'm, I, at 33. He's in his prime. Yeah, I would say Aaron Rodgers isn't in his prime, but he just won two consecutive MVPs. And Peyton Manning was pretty darn good in his 40s. John Elway won at 38. There we go. But John Elway wasn't the same type of player at 38 as Aaron Rodgers oh, no. was at 38. No. And that's my point. Listen, the technology is different. Strength and conditioning is different. Uh, a lot of things are different. Russell Wilson is in his prime. I have no doubt he is in his prime. Yes, Kevin Lockett's a terrific, uh, not Kevin Lockett, um, Tyler Lockett. I, I, I covered his dad, Kevin Lockett. That's why, I, <laughs> and he was at Kansas State. Tells you how old I am. Tyler's a terrific uh, uh, a wide receiver. And the other guy, and his name is escaping me, he's one of the best in the league. He is fantastic as well, but they don't have a, much of an offensive line, and Pete Carroll's a run-first guy. Sound familiar, Dan Reeves, John Elway? <laughs> yes, he does. Right. So now you have Russell Wilson in a pass first offense. Let's see how he does with better wide receivers Where do you have, and, be, and better running backs. Where do you have Kyler Murray? See, like I've got him seventh. I would have, I don't even have him in my top 10. Kyler Murray's Where do you have case. Justin Herbert? Oh, Justin. Justin Herbert is a tremendous talent, but he hasn't won anything. I've got he him put, fifth. He puts up huge numbers, but he still hasn't made the playoffs. Still hasn't made the playoffs. Once you make the playoffs, then you get to be in my top ten. Okay. So the uh, um, the Goodman clause. Well, yeah, you got to make the playoffs. You got to uh, here. I'll, I'll say this about Matthew Stafford, who is number sixth on the list. I've got to meet. Okay, I will say this right now, and if anybody wants to argue with me, knock yourself out. Matthew Stafford, if he retired today, would not go into the Hall of Fame. Probably not. No. No, he would not. But that doesn't have relevance to. Now or tomorrow. Matthew Stafford is with a better system and a better team and a better coach. So is Russell Wilson. And I'm with you on Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow. He has all the moxie of a of a Joe Namath. And that's who I compared him to when the, the Super Bowl was going on. To me, he's very much like Joe Namath. He's very confident. He, he dresses like a Joe Namath, minus the fur coat. He has this swagger about him that I love. He also has the best, arguably one of the best wide receivers in football. Mm -hmm. And he has a terrific running game. Russell Wilson didn't have that. The difference is, is Russell Wilson is proven, and he's going to a better team with a better, um, with a, with a better offensive coordinator. I would take Russell Wilson all day over Joe Burrow for this season, three years. I'll, I'll probably take Joe Burrow. I'm very bullish on Russell Wilson, as you can tell. And I love Justin Herbert. He is an unbelievable talent, but Russell Wilson has proven that he can win. Even if he doesn't have great talent. I wonder if Jeremy Fowler uh, stipulated in these interviews with the executives, coaches and players, whether we were talking about right now or projecting. 
I think we're talking about right now. I don't think we're projecting. I don't think we're projecting. And you know what? Looking at the the bottom guy in the top 10, Dak Prescott, I take him over Kyler Murray too. That guy crumbles under pressure. Look at the way he plays at the end of seasons. He crumbles. He's a head case. You're talking and about Kyler Murray? Yeah, and I wouldn't want him as my quarterback. Oh, I, I mean, would. I'd want, oh, I mean, boy, I'd take o- him. Over Trevor Simeon, yeah, I'd want him. Over the guys they've had over the last six years, yeah, I'd want him. But as a guy to build my franchise around, I would not want him. I'd take him. I take him knowing, thinking that he can get back into the form he showed earlier. No, he he has tremendous talent. I just think from the neck up, I don't think he's strong. I think he's weak from the neck up. I do. Look at the way he plays. Look at what happened in the playoffs last year. He gave up on his team essentially. I don't want that guy in my roster. Now, if I don't have a quarterback, sure I'll take him, but I, I certainly don't want to pay him that type of money. What he wants, you're going to have to pay him because he was the first overall pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. I get why you have to pay him. Just like Dak Prescott. Is he, is he one of the best quarterbacks in the league? No, he's second tier. He's at the bottom of the second tier. Zach Prescott? Yep. Oh, no. He's in my top 10. No, he's in the bottom half of my second tier of quarterbacks. Okay. My top tier are the top four guys that we just mentioned okay. who are in that. Then your second tier, Stafford and Wilson and Burrow and Herbert and so on and so forth. Wilson has proven he can win. He has proven that. Joe Burrow has proven a lot. Let's see how he does this upcoming season. And, oh, by the way, man, the Bengals did a fantastic job getting him offensive line help. Yeah, they did. And yep. we'll, we'll see if we can say that about the Broncos with Russell Wilson after this season. Not necessarily going out and getting help, but having the help that exists here now. Even having Garrett Bowles move up into the back up into the upper echelon, in the, upper echelon of the league. Right. All right. Coming up after the break, I know you love talking Las Vegas Summer League, Terry. I know you watched as much as you could over the weekend, but I do know you followed the news. I know you are familiar with what what Michael Porter Jr. said on the telecast on NBA TV. I know you are familiar with how how good uh, Christian uh, Brown played and what he wound up doing. We're going to talk about those guys. Also, news on Jamal Murray as well. All of that is next. Swiftly come and go, dreaming of her. She's seeing other guys, emotions to stir. Afternoon drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products. Twitter feed at TFry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for a wholesale lumber of the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Low T99. Testosterone treatment made easy and affordable. For just $129 per month, they'll send you testosterone, supplies, and the price includes lab work. Go to LowT99.com. All right, some notable things out of the Las Vegas Summer League for the Nuggets. First of all, Michael Porter Jr. went on the telecast for NBA TV 
And he said that he's 100% healthy, ready to go. That is good news. And then, you know, watching a full game of summer league game, a lot of these guys are not going to even be on the roster. You know, Christian Brown is going to be. Uh, any thoughts on how Brown played? I understand uh, Nicholas Skidishvili when he played summer league. I think he was the MVP of it. So let's not get too carried away. But overall thoughts on Brown before we get to Michael Porter Jr. and the video and what we've been reading and hearing from Michael Malone about Jamal Murray. I think when you look at the summer league, what you need to focus on is realistically the types Look at the guys who might contribute and and say, are they showing the, the aspects of the game that will be seriously contributing factors for the Nuggets? And in this case, I think Brown's presence is kind of a pest, as kind of a guy with basketball high basketball IQ. I think all that's impressive and, and lends hope to the idea that he can actually contribute this season. And that doesn't mean he can do it with the same panache that he can in the summer league, but it's it really sets up the formula as being realistic. Right. And he wasn't good on his three-point shooting. I'm not concerned about that at all. It's July. If I watched him out there and his basketball IQ seemed low, he wasn't being a pest, he wasn't hustling, he wasn't playing good defense, that would concern me. M- missing a bunch of three-pointers, that doesn't concern me. I, I like I like Brown. He's going to compete for rotation minutes, although we know Michael Malone isn't a big fan of playing rookies, but I think this is the type of kid that will get minutes from Michael Malone. I've, even, Porter, I, I've also even enjoyed watching Colin Gillespie play, the guard from Villanova. He's the kind of yeah. guy you root for. Uh-huh. I would agree. You know, I'm sitting here talking. I, I watched the summer league. You know, I sat here and belittled it the other day. I don't no, always. No, I don't always no. control the uh, remote control in our hole in you're our li- house. You're lying. You're lying. You're lying. Can I tell you why you're lying? Why am I lying? You did not watch the Nuggets summer league. Your wife Helen did, and you yes. happened to be in the same room. That is correct. Thank you. Sorry to let everybody see the little man behind the curtain. She's the sports fan. Not to say you're not, but I know that Helen is. She's the knowledgeable NBA fan in the family. There we go. And there's only two of you, so at least you finish second. We have Vanny the dog. Okay. So Michael Porter Jr. says he's 100%. I'm going to take him at his word. I'm not going to sit and question it. He says he's 100% fine. We saw a video of, um, or at least I did, of uh, Jamal Murray practicing, dunking the basketball. Michael Malone says he looks really good. So I'm going to assume both these guys are going to be ready for training camp. I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I know it's only July. I really am bullish on this Nuggets roster. I, I am, too, in the sense that I think really they, they've bold. really addressed some of the needs they had oh. and done a good job of addressing them. I mean, think about this for a second. The The Nuggets had a difficult time hitting perimeter shots last year. Think about what they have going into this season. Michael Porter Jr. is a 42% three-point shooter over the course of his career. 42%. I don't know if a lot of people realize that. We know he's a great outside shooter. career from three-point range. Mm -hmm. KCP last year hit 39% of his threes. And, oh, by the way, he is a plus-plus perimeter defender. Then you have the other guy that they picked up, Bruce Brown, who shot 40% from threes this past season. Do you know in his final 10 games, including the playoffs, he hit 65% of his three-point shots, mm-hmm. and he's a lockdown defender as well. They had, they got three, three and Ds. They got 
two terrific defensive players. We know that Aaron Gordon is a terrific defensive player. They have Jokic, and then you have instant offense from Jamal Murray, obviously, if healthy. Michael Porter Jr., if healthy. I really like their starting lineup. I like them going seven, maybe eight deep. Obviously, they need to stay away from injuries. You, you may disagree, and I understand what's out there in the West. Um, to me, they are no worse than a four seed this year if they stay healthy. No worse, third, possibly second. I think they are that good. But everything has to be have appended to it if they stay healthy. That's the question. Absolutely. And I, There's no question. So we can, even, we can even agree on what they'd be like if everybody is healthy. It's just a question of what are the odds of that being the case. I don't have... I, I don't have a complete confidence that, that 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 will stay the case. Well, the guy who has the injury history is Michael Porter Jr. When you look at Jamal Murray over the course of his career, he missed last year, but he doesn't necessarily have a history of missing games. He's been healthy as pretty much his whole career. He doesn't have a history of it. He had a knee injury, mm-hmm. a torn knee. I get that. But he, does, he doesn't have a history of injuries. It's Michael Porter Jr. that I think people should be worried about, and rightfully so. Because of the back. That's right. But the way they are slotted in that starting lineup, you have two plus-plus defensive players on the floor and three guys offensively in Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and, oh, yeah, the two-time MVP who can score 25 at any time, any time they can score 25, any time. So I think hats off to Calvin Booth for the early days of his regime being very aggressive in addressing getting the players to put around number 15 and also uh, recognizing, I think in some ways, what some of what he's done is almost recognize that there is a possibility of MPJ not being able to be 100% crypto contributor early wait say that again i think some of what what calvin booth has done in the additions has recognized the possibility that michael porter jr may not be able to make an immediate 100 percent with with what with what addition just all the additions he's made uh, no he would have made those no you make those additions anyway they desperately needed defensive help and they got yeah that has nothing to do with porter jr oh i think i think some of it has to do with the recognition that you're filling in the gaps if Porter, if Michael Porter Jr. is not 100%? Uh, maybe. Maybe. Um, they, they would have made these moves anyway. If he was 100% healthy, if they have a chance to pick up Brown, and they did, they would have done it. KCP, they, he plays a different position than Porter mm-hmm. Jr. anyway. Those are the two big off-season signings for them. When I say signings, I mean trade, yeah. and then they... They're they're not conflicting necessarily, at least I don't think. They're not conflicting with Michael Porter Jr. for playing time. Mm-hmm. No. They're not going to be competing with him. No. So healthy or not healthy, I, I don't I don't think you're going to take uh, uh, KCP and have him be your starting small forward, as an example. Okay. Right? Agreed. I mean, Brown's 6'4". He's a, he is a small forward, but he's probably better off at shooting guard. He can play small forward, but do you really want your small forward at 6'4", guarding guys who are 6'8", six, 6'9"? Six, I do like the – but I do, as you said, under, underscoring what's going on, I did like the Contavious Caldwell-Pope acquisition. Oh, 
a great, a great, not a good trade, a great, a great trade. And I'm sorry if everybody loved Monte Morris because he was a fan favorite. I liked him too. You traded two two guys who should be coming off the bench for a starter well, who has won a title. I think with the thing with Monte Morris was a universal recognition that that he is he was he was we what we saw was what we would get on down the line too. That there was yeah. not going to be a meteoric improvement. No, he's his 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 floor is high enough, and his ceiling isn't very high. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, what do we have coming up on Argonaut Wine and Liquor, just in case you missed it? Uh, we have an update here with the Altitude and Comcast situation, and we will also talk about an all-time legendary golfer receiving a rare honor at St. Andrews. That's coming up next on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Fry on Mile High Sports. Drive with Goodman and Fry, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Terry. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Fry. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at tfry at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP. Com. We have some breaking news that we want to pass your way. Before we get to, just in case you missed it, Brian Windhorst of ESPN is reporting. At some point, there are multiple NBA executives who believe that Donovan Mitchell is going to be available for a trade. And as much as I said I love the Nuggets lineup, and I do, let's wait to see if he gets traded within the Western Conference. He's worth anybody taking a look at. Uh, yeah, I, I'm sure Miami is going to be incredibly interested. Of course, the Lakers are going to be interested because they're interested in everybody. <laughs> One team that might not be interested and shouldn't be interested, and it's a good thing they won't be interested, is Phoenix because they already have a pretty good shooting guard. Yes. And and you can make the case, well, you can't have enough good players on the floor. I don't think you put Mitchell and Booker on the floor at the same time. No, that'd be that'd be a poor that'd be one of those oil and water yeah yeah all right uh time now for the final word the final word presented by sasquatch casino in blackhawk Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running. Or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Just in case you missed it, Dan, Dan Jacobs, former host here at Mile High Sports, now a host at another station, reported this afternoon that he has confirmed Altitude and Comcast will be meeting, uh, will be meeting for a mediation tomorrow. What do you guys think about that? We've heard this before, and nothing has happened. Michael Hegarty is involved in the uh, in the uh, settlement and the mediation process, and he's known to be uh, terrific at his craft, but he hasn't been able to get anything done in this yet. I'll believe it when I see it. 
Well, they were supposed to meet in July. I believe they had a cancellation. Uh, I believe this will happen tomorrow. I believe something will get done before the start of the season. As a friend of mine who's a top labor attorney in town told me about Haggerty, who he knows very well, said he is the Michael Jordan of what he does. And if this guy can't get it done, I don't think anybody will. Especially in the wake of the glow, the aftermath glow of winning the Stanley Cup. If it can't be done now, it isn't going to be done. It's fair. All right, it was announced, yeah, that three-time Open Championship winner Jack Nicholas will become the only the third American to be honored as an honorary citizen of St. Andrews, Scotland. The other Americans who received this honor were Benjamin Franklin in 1759 <laughs> and Bobby Jones in 1958. Uh, your thoughts on the Golden Bear earning this prestigious honor? That's pretty prestigious company there. Benjamin Franklin, you don't want to be uh, go out flying a kite with him, though. What was that, Terry? You don't want to be going out flying a kite with Benjamin Franklin. I, I don't. I don't know what you mean. Oh, I skipped okay. that day. We'll just get, you have to fl- skip that day in history. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're going to honor a, a golfer, I think Jack Nichols is probably the right guy. Right. Won yes. three opens and is the greatest golfer of all time. Okay. A new nugget and starting shooting guard. Uh, you guys were just talking about him last segment. Contavious Caldwell Pope, KCP. He said yesterday when looking back at the 2020 Western Conference Finals in the bubble, he always said if Anthony Davis didn't hit that game-winning three-pointer in Game 2 of the series, the Lakers would have lost the series to the Nuggets. Do you believe what KCP is saying, or do you think the Lakers uh, still would have found a way to win that series? The, the Lakers still would have found a way to win that series, and KCP is being a nice guy and saying what people want to hear. I think, believe it or not, um, there are some people even back then who felt the same thing. I don't think that he's saying something outrageous. Do I think maybe he is pandering a little bit to Nuggets Nation? Maybe. But what he's saying, I don't think, is completely out of bounds. Kind of like, here's something that's out of bounds. When Bob Miller said about Trevor Simeon, he does things that remind me of Peyton Manning. That is pandering. What KCP said uh, is not pandering. Maybe a little bit, but I think some people back then would have agreed if if Davis doesn't hit that shot, maybe the Nuggets do go on and advance to the NBA final. Well, we that was we could ahead. still remember the 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 awful defensive strategy in that play. Well, was that Mason Plumley subbed on to the floor? Hit the shot. You have to hit the shot, right? Right. Yeah, it's hard to guard a guy that's that big who has a good three-point shot. But anyway, neither here nor there. Maybe KCP can help the Nuggets win a title and he can get another one. All right, that was the Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, you need to see why Westward voted them the best liquor store in Denver for the fifth year in a row. They always have great specials going on right now. All 750 milliliter Italian wines, 15% off. They deliver as well to the Denver metro area and all deliveries. Over 100 bucks are free. Check them out on Colfax or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. Uh, great job today, guys. Back at the station, Alex. Uh, you're going to be a uh, man on the ship for like the next two weeks. And you were simply marginal today. The only way to go is up then, if that's the case. That's right. I, I appreciate the fact that you've set the bar low and you and you exceeded those low expectations. Well, we, we've got plenty of room for improvement. And who was back at the station today? Was it uh, Nigel or Nolan? Nolan. 
Oh, Nolan's got to be excited that Albert Pujols <laughs> is is competing in the uh, home run derby, right? Ecstatic. Is Nolan all pumped about that? Oh, yeah. He's uh, over the moon about it. I bet he is. <laughs> Terry, great job today. Thanks. We'll talk tomorrow. Make it the best possible night you can. When I was young.